It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Play, wherever you find podcasts. You'll find Lockdown Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. And you can always find us on the Himalaya podcast app in a world where there are so many options. An app like Himalaya that curates playlists specifically for you is what you need to get everything that you could ask for from a podcast app. If you're already subscribed to Locked on Packers... I mean, that's what's important. I think, really, that's 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 what really, really matters here. And speaking of what really matters, Aaron Rodgers went absolutely ham on the story that we discussed yesterday with Tyler Dunn in an interview with Jason Wilde and Mark Tauscher that, that is airing today on ESPN Radio that they played a snippet of yesterday on ESPN Wisconsin. Rogers went scorched earth. And I I will I will start by saying I don't I don't know that all of it is something that I can condone that that I'm going to agree with. But I thought for the most part he handled this the way that he needed to handle it. Uh and you know, when when before he said anything, okay, before he was on the record with anything. Here is what I think you could have expected him to say. He's going to say, no, actually, Mike McCarthy is a really good dude. I really like Mike McCarthy. No, actually, I am a good leader, and here's why. Here's examples A, B, and C. Here are these players that like me. And he was going to downplay the effects that the, the sources in this story cited. And everything else he was going to brush off. He did all of that. And and that's what you expect him to do. Not just from like a, hey, I think he's going to do this. But also from a, this is what he needs to do. As someone who wants to push this story forward and say, look, we're, we're here to talk about the future. We're going to move on and we're going to do whatever we need to do. Rogers was also defending himself. And I think that's important here. He defended himself with force. I mean, he took a blowtorch to Greg Jennings and Jermichael Finley. We're going to get to that in just a little bit. 
but but I think you know there are there are parts of this that that are really adept from Rodgers. All of the compliments that he paid to Mike McCarthy. And saying, look, Mike McCarthy chooses to live in Green Bay. He doesn't have to. And when you see him shake his hand and thank him for everything he's done, I thought that was a really classy move from Aaron Rodgers to say we we can't forget all the good Mike McCarthy did for this team. He said, look, I won MVPs with this guy. I won a Super Bowl with this guy. He was my guy. We We talked a lot. We had a good relationship. It's possible, and I think likely, that it is the case that Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy cared about each other. At times, their relationship worked, and at times, it didn't. As Aaron Rodgers said, as HaHa Clinton Dick said, they're both alphas, and so they're going to butt heads. And they're going to disagree, and they're both stubborn, and they're both going to say things probably that they regret. Aaron said he regretted throwing Mike under the bus after the Buffalo game and that they talked about it. He apologized and they, they manned up and, and they hugged it out afterward. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that only Aaron and Mike know about. And so it's not that what was reported in the story was wrong. I will, I will defend Tyler in the reporting of the story. The quotes are the quotes. Those people said those things. There can be no disputing that. Or at least he had people telling him that those things were said. And he felt good enough about it as a trusted and respected journalist in this business to report it. And whether you like what Jermichael Finley and Greg Jennings said is irrelevant, I think that the, the, the quotes in the story are accurate. People said those things. The Mark Murphy quote we're going to get to in a second. You know, Aaron vehemently disagrees with the the veracity of that report. Says that's not happening. That is categorically false. 100% he said. You know, that is, I, I you know, I get it. If, it's, if the source is not Mark Murphy and the source is not Aaron Rodgers, it's possible that he had multiple people say that this is what was said or this was the gist of what was said. And he reported it because he believed it. He was confident in it. Aaron also has to say some of this stuff. He has to defend himself in some of these ways, even if he doesn't believe it himself or he knows what he's saying isn't true. So we can't take everything that Aaron Rodgers says and say, well, this is what I want to believe. And so this is what I'm going to believe. And this is the most likely scenario. We can't do that. We can't say, well, Aaron says all of this stuff is BS, so it must all be BS. Well, why? If you're going to question the motives of the reporter and all of the sources, don't we also have to look at the motives of Aaron Rodgers? And not in a negative way, just as as a way to say he has motives here too. He has a reputation to protect. He has a career to protect. So I'm not saying Aaron's right and Tyler's wrong or Aaron's wrong and Tyler's right. That's not what this is about. We can't make it about that. It's not us versus them. It's not him versus him. It's it's not he said, he said. It's not that. It's another data point in this discussion. The Bleacher Report piece doesn't have Aaron Rodgers in it. He declined to comment. 
And you can't say, well, he's not in the story, and so that you know the story is incomplete. That is that is true in a sense that it doesn't have Rogers' perspective in it. But there's no incentive for a player like Rogers, notoriously secretive, to sit for an interview in a situation like this. What can he say that can possibly help him? It is much more advantageous for him to decline the interview, let the story come out, and then do what he did. The same is true for Mike McCarthy. And I happen to know for a fact that there are players who have since come out and said things about this interview that had been requested to speak on the record for the story and didn't in whatever capacity that that may be. They had the opportunity to say what they eventually said, whether it was on Twitter or in interviews or subsequent media appearances, whatever it is. But so when Aaron Rodgers says the thing about the article is it's not a mystery, this was a smear attack by a writer looking to advance his career, talking with mostly irrelevant, bitter players who all have an agenda, whether they're advancing their own career or just trying to stir up old stuff. You know, the, the stuff about the other players, okay. And Rodgers went hard after those dudes. He really, really did. But... I, I mean, going after the motives of the reporter is something I have a problem with. This is something that we unfortunately see a lot in the, in the modern media landscape. Athletes, politicians, prominent people questioning motives of journalists. And it's, it's a slippery slope for us to go down. Because if any time any journalist writes a thing that you don't like, you accuse them of bias, we have a problem. And this is something that we saw with Patriots fans. And I know Packer fans were behind me because I dragged a lot of Patriots fans after those Seth Wickersham stories came out because all the Patriots accused him of lying, of wanting to you know, advance his career, of wanting to just drive clicks, of wanting to create controversy and drama and to take down you know, the, the monarchy of the Patriots franchise and all of this stuff. And it sounded totally tinfoil hat nonsense. All I'm saying is, you don't have to be that person. You can say, we have a feeling about Greg Jennings and Jermichael Finley. And I went back, I looked at the quotes, and I thought this was I thought this was pretty interesting. When you go back and look at the quotes, there are and and I wanted to find only quotes that were attributed to football people. People the quotes that we knew were from football people. And not a not, so that means not anonymous sources, and also not Greg Jennings or Jermichael Finley. There are, by my count, 10 of them. Four from Ryan Grant. There was him saying Rodgers has a chip on his shoulder, and then later defending the chip, saying that Jermichael and Greg Jennings were, you know, whatever, because they didn't understand that that was who Rodgers was. There was the, the AI quote. That, you know, if you empower Aaron Rodgers and then complain later that you empowered him because he did the things that you empowered him to do, that doesn't make any sense. And then and then there is the quote about Rodgers not having to be a leader early in his career because there were other leaders on the team, Charles Woodson and Ryan Grant and A.J. Hawk and other dudes on the team that could assume that mantle. And then the other quotes. There's the personnel guy that says he's not going to respect you if he thinks he's smarter than you. Not exactly damning criticism. There's the coach saying F those guys about Jermichael Finley and Greg Jennings. 
There is the coach saying you have to give credit for Rodgers when he makes plays like Jared Cook in the playoffs, even if he's not always running what Mike McCarthy wants him to run. And then there's the Jeff Janis anecdote, which, by the way, Jeff Janis yesterday on Twitter disputed. He disputed the characterization of it like he was being dogged. He said whatever criticism Aaron had of him and and that Aaron was hard on him, he believed came from a good place. That anecdote came from a scout. So it didn't come, we know it didn't come from Janice specifically. That doesn't mean that they didn't know that that's where it came from. All I'm saying with, with this explication of these quotes is a way of saying that Greg Jennings and, and Jermichael Finley end up being pretty important linchpins in the criticism here, at least from people that we know are in the NFL. And if you're someone who believes that those guys shouldn't be taken seriously, then you're going to have a lot of problems with this story, and I understand that. I think what is more compelling to me, though, Aaron Rodgers gave a very compelling explanation for why the rift between he and Mike McCarthy was overblown. And I thought this was brilliant because it's just so damn logical. Here's what Roger said. He said, I want to say two things. One, if they knew that, they being the Packers, why would they offer me a contract last year? And two, which goes into my second central thesis point that I'm going to take down. If I really disliked Mike so much, why would I re-sign knowing that if I play well and we do what we do around here, we made the playoffs eight straight years, and then I got hurt and we missed the playoffs. It's going to be me and Mike my entire career. So if I really disliked him that much, do you think I'd resign? Is the money that important to me? I'll tell you it's not. Quality of life is important. I thought this was, even if it was just a strategic maneuver, brilliant. I think it's a compelling argument. If you're Aaron Rodgers... And you think your coach is a bumbling moron, (laughs) all right? And you are actively undermining him. Why are you re-signing, even for a huge number, knowing that if you guys are successful next season, and the season after that, and the season after that, Mike McCarthy is going to stay the coach. Rodgers didn't know he was going to get hurt. Rodgers did. I mean, he in the game he got hurt, he came back out, played hurt, and won the game against a playoff team, against a 12-win Bears team, and kept playing the entire season on that injury, even though he knew playing gave them a better chance of making the playoffs and therefore saving Mike McCarthy's job. When you look at the story that Sports Illustrated did a couple months ago, I think you start to put the pieces together and you say, yes, Rodgers is very confident and and you can call it arrogant. And he believes what that he's going to do it the way that he wants to do it. And he and McCarthy butted heads. And they probably didn't always agree on the best course of action. Rodgers probably often disregarded things that McCarthy said, believing he knew better. What I have said and I have I have said from the beginning, and this is going back months now, is that 
Aaron Rodgers no longer trusted Mike McCarthy. Even if he believed Mike McCarthy was a good man and ultimately a good coach, he believed that that he knew better. And a lot of other players believed that too. And people around the league. This is something Ty talked about yesterday. Most people, including the Packers, by the way, believed McCarthy was a problem for this team moving forward. So Aaron Rodgers treated him like the problem or a problem. So ultimately, what is our problem with that? And with all of the the details out there, you know, I, I think taken in isolation, they can look bad. But when you've got former teammates, current teammates, and all of the support out there that Rodgers had, he said over 100 people reached out to him. Maybe. (laughs) I mean, maybe. Sure, maybe. Uh, That seems like a lot. That's a little uh, methinks he doth protest too much situation. But, you know, that's fine. That's that's Rodgers' perspective. It's hard for me to believe that his contributions to the toxicity in the locker room. I mean, when Aaron Rodgers is on the field, everyone in Green Bay believes they can win every game. When he's not, they don't believe that. Well, Mike McCarthy is the coach either way. So who contributes more to the winning culture in that locker room? Who contributes more to winning overall? Clearly Aaron Rodgers. And most of the players on the team, week to week, year to year, understand that. And Aaron Rodgers is ultimately the guy that the team went with. So he's obviously pissed off about all of this. He's pissed off about being questioned. And I I, I do think part of it stems from the genuine affection he has for Mike McCarthy as a person. I don't, maybe you've never been in this situation, but I have. I once dated someone that ultimately I felt like it was better that we not be together anymore. And so I broke up with her. But that didn't mean that I had didn't have genuine affection for her while we dated or even after. And if someone said something bad about me in that relationship, I was going to defend myself. Even if I thought it was the case that that relationship needed to end. And even if it was about that person. I would have defended that person because I didn't I didn't have ill will toward them. I felt like it was time and that the relationship had run its course. I think that's a common feeling. I think that's what Aaron Rodgers feels right now. And that doesn't mean that he didn't have destructive behavior in the relationship. I'm sure I did the same thing. Sometimes you do actively undermine those situations even if it's just subconsciously, because you know it can't last. That doesn't mean you don't have genuine affection for that person. That doesn't mean that you don't care about them. It doesn't mean that when things weren't good, things weren't good. I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling, and I think that's the position Aaron Rodgers is in. That's why he's so defensive. That's why we get, and and he's defensive about the organization in general because, by the way, He feels like he has a leadership obligation to do so. The scorched earth tone that he took with everyone 
from the reporting to the players in the piece to the defense of the organizational dysfunction and and the the disputing of the level of that dysfunction is based on the fact that he views himself as the face of this franchise and guess what he was acting like a leader that is what a leader does and he did admit he had made mistakes and he put a lot of it on him and said i should not have done xyz but also mistakes were made elsewhere and this is why the reporting is wrong and laid out his case for why what people were saying was incorrect. Do I wish he had taken a different tact when it came to the, the journalist in question? Yes, I do. Because I just don't think it does him any favors. Even if he feels that way, say it differently. Just say, look, there's a lot of people in this story that have access to grind or are making stuff up or are just douchebags, which is what he really meant to say and what he almost says. And we're going to, you know, we're going to get to that in a second. But this is this is born out of feeling like he has to defend not just himself, not just Mike McCarthy, but the franchise. That's why you go on this soliloquy about how great Mike McCarthy is for the community and the culture and everything you accomplish together because you're defending the team. Mike McCarthy is an extension of the team. And somewhat ironically, that is a culture that Mike McCarthy himself insisted on while he was the coach. Everything was an extension of the team. You were a representation of the Green Bay Packers at all times. And that was the culture. We're nobody's underdog. There's a bunker mentality. It's us against them. That's why Rodgers did what he did. It's why he went so scorched earth on the Mark Murphy quote, the Mark Murphy quote that has become famous or infamous, however you want to say it. This is what Aaron said about that quote. It's ridiculous. It is 100% patently false. So it's either he made that crap up or what he would probably do as a writer is say, oh, my, this is my source's problem. They told me something. I talked to Mark early, like last week, and I said, Mark, who'd you, who'd you, <laughs> did you tell somebody about the conversation? He goes, that's ridiculous. And I said, because that's not what happened. And he told, yeah, of course that's not what happened. We had a great conversation, like we always do. So, so that, that that's just one point that article amongst a number of highly questionable things. Not to mention unnamed sources. I mean, put your name onto something. Again, I, I, you know, I don't love the accusation, but I do love the passion. And he's insisting. Look, I have a great relationship with Mark Murphy. And, you know, in some ways, when you when you look at what was said yesterday and go back and listen to that interview that I did with Tyler, the, the analogy I made was the divorced parent bringing home their new boyfriend or girlfriend or significant other to their oldest child and saying, look, give this person a chance. And given the quote, it doesn't necessarily read that way. And so even if that was the quote, it's possible that the tone of the conversation was never accusatory in that way. And so Rogers is saying, look, that's that's not what happened. He wasn't admonishing me. He wasn't chastising me. He wasn't warning me. This was about, hey, this is our guy. We like him. We need you to like him too. 
And I think that's fair. That's reasonable for the team to do. And it's reasonable for Rodgers to defend the team for doing that. You know, he doesn't benefit from the front office looking better. But that's what you do. You defend the team. That's what a leader does. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store you know the crazy part of all this is the lead story today was supposed to be cole madison returning to the team and being part of the 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 team activities and and getting back into football after going through a really brutal last year. The the team is high on him. They liked what they saw last offseason. I don't think it changes any offseason plans. We can have more discussions about Cole Madison and what he means to this team moving forward. I didn't want to not mention it, but uh, I did make a joke on Twitter about how you know we can't we can't leave the leave the show with it anymore. We have to talk. At the very least, briefly, and then I, my hope is we can move on and talk about actual things going on this season with the Green Bay Packers. We have to talk about the blowtorch that Aaron Rodgers took to Jermichael Finley and Greg Jennings. Here is what, and this is a long quote, so bear with me on this. Here is what Rodgers said. My first initial thought is, at what point did J. Mike think I was a bad leader? It couldn't have been when I was up in his room every Saturday night before the games going over plays and talking about checks I was going to make and plays where he was going to be the number one read. It couldn't have been when I was at the hospital the night he broke his neck and spent a couple hours with him. It couldn't have been when I followed up and saw how he was doing. So when did this happen where he's like, oh man, he's not a natural born leader? And with Greg... I don't even know what to say with Greg. By the way, he laughed, straight up laughed at Greg Jennings. 
It bothers me that every time there's an article, it's the same two people. And if it's not an article about me, do you ever hear their names anywhere else? Do you ever hear their names with people? Are they out there making comments, making the rounds on the shows? I would say probably not. Definitely not in the same capacity. So I would say at what point do you move on? You talk about me being sensitive and petty. At what point do you move on? And stop telling the same stories. Like really a conversation with Carlos Rogers on the field making a joke about his situation. That's what you're going to hold on to? Oh yeah, I knew I wasn't going to be a Packer the next season. It's the same two people. It's the same story. At some point, you have to have something else to talk about. Wow. Wow. And you know what? He is absolutely 100% correct. And I made a joke, and it's not really a joke. Colin Cowherd and Skip Bayless have made a career in part out of bagging on Aaron Rodgers, out of talking their mess about Rodgers. And so I understand the appeal. If you're Greg Jennings and you're on a network with both of those guys, you might think it's the cool thing to do. And Aaron Rodgers is one of the biggest names in the sport. If you criticize him, it's going to make a story like this. It's going to make headlines. It's going to make news. The squeaky wheel always gets the grease. So even if, and I think this is true, even if, and you say, okay, what if John Kuhn had been in the story? What if Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, James Jones, if they had been in the Bleacher Report piece, let's say, do the headlines change? I don't know because the, the bad quotes are the quotes that are always going to stick out. And so these two guys have basically become their own cottage industry criticizing Aaron Rodgers. And so again, I think to Ty's point, I think there is validity to the notion that these guys played with Aaron Rodgers at his peak. And their experience is not any more or less valid than anyone else's experience. But it is just that. It's their experience. It is unique to them as everyone's experience is unique to them. Even if you have somewhat similar or shared experiences, your perspective of that experience is unique to you. So it's not that we should just dismiss them or it's not that we should listen to everything they say. What they say is just that. It's what they say. And so reporting that is not a, it's not a miscarriage of justice. It is what it is. And, and so I, I don't think there needs to be this sort of up-in-arms attitude about it. We know what their perspective is. It's why I did what I did with the story and said, okay, if we just take those guys out of it because we know what they're going to say, we know what their perspective is. What does everyone else say? What does Ryan Grant say? What are these coaches saying? What are the personnel people saying? What are the other people in the league saying about Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers? Because we know what the Jennings and Finley perspective is. We also know what these other people feel now. And that's useful and interesting. So we take we have to take everything here. We have to take it all in. You know, last offseason, what, what did I keep saying? We have to judge the free agent period in its totality. So you have a story. Sports Illustrated comes out and they say a thing. Bleacher Report comes out. They say a thing. And all these quotes, anonymous and otherwise, they say things. Now players have the opportunity to say things, former, current, whatever. 
Mike McCarthy has his opportunity to say some stuff. Aaron Rodgers has his opportunities. These are all data points that you as a fan get to decide on. You get to make your decisions on who you find credible. And ultimately, you know, you're going to vote with your heart. And I get that. No, no reason that that's a, that that's a bad notion for you. But understand all of these data points should be taken into account. Not necessarily the same, but they do matter. And it doesn't mean they're, they're made up or that they're, they're done with bias. You can, you can inform those opinions because we know what Jennings and Finley believe. They've been on this podcast, both of them. And so you look at other people and they say something different. And, you know, if you want to say, okay, well, all the guys who have been more recently receivers on this team seem to feel a different type of way. If you find that to be a compelling enough argument to say he's evolved, he's grown, he's he's a leader now, that's, that's fine. I, I find that evidence to be compelling. It doesn't mean that all those other voices are wrong. So, you know, I, I think... The truth, as always, is somewhere in the middle. I got a note from, you know, someone who used to work um, for a, an NBA team, in fact. And they said, you know, this reminded me of the situation with, you know, our team and our coach and the issues that we had. And, you know, stories become legend and there are issues that fester. And, and it was a very similar tale. This is not uncommon in professional sports to have these kinds of problems personalities, egos, it all is one. What matters for us now is what happens with Matt LaFleur and what Aaron Rodgers does. It is clear from the interviews that he gave and from what is out there and what's been said that Aaron Rodgers is pissed. And a pissed off Aaron Rodgers is a dangerous Aaron Rodgers for the rest of the National Football League. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One-up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. The comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See FuelRewards.com slash FuelYourFandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. All right, we ran a little long today, and I apologize to that for that. Uh, I really did want to talk about Cole Madison, but there, there's just there was too much to unpack with the Aaron Rodgers stuff. There could be more to unpack with the rest of his interview today. By the time you're listening to this, it's probably already been out. I've probably already tweeted about it, uh, and so you know I, I got a lot of tweets from fans who were basically like, "I'm ready to move on." 
This is in some ways perfect timing. Although I know there were some questions about the timing. Oh, they did this because, you know, whatever. They wanted to screw up the Packers right when their the team comes back, which I don't know, that seems that seems like counterintuitive to me. If you want to screw up the team, you you drop the story when they can't all be together and discuss it and hash it out if there are issues. You know, like if Aaron Rodgers and Marquez Valdez-Scantling and EQ have issues, like they're going to be in meetings together and Eric can just be like, hey guys, like we're good. I hope, you know, I, I love you guys. We're good. When before he would have to text them or call them or do whatever. Like this is actually easier to squash this now. But I mean, the point is a lot of fans are happy to move on because football is back. We're only a couple weeks away from the draft. And we're gonna have a, we're gonna have actual football to talk about sooner than you realize. So remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, and on the all new Himalaya Podcast app. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that nine two zero three four one. 3775 to always stay locked on Packers.